hello everyone and welcome to another rollicking episode Lessons from the Office. We are so excited to be back here with you. Um, as always, my name's Randy and I'm here with my tag team partner, Bruce. How's it going today, Bruce? Pretty good. How about yourself, Randy? Really good. Super excited about this episode today. It's our last one of season one of The Office, so I guess season one of our podcast as well, but we're definitely um, excited to talk about Hot Girl today. With two guys, you know, talking about girls. What's better than that on a podcast? Seriously, it sounds good. Um Definitely doesn't sound like the theme of any other podcast that's out there. No, I don't think so. This might be the first ever podcast recorded where two guys talk about females. Right. I think it is. As Randy said, this episode is called Hot Girl, and there's a lot of awkward interactions uh, as uh, the gentlemen of the office uh, try to pursue an attractive vendor, um, which got us thinking kind of about some of our awkward dating (laughs) stories from from our uh, previous, you know, previous life when when uh, we were young single men on the prowl. So Randy, do you have any fun, awkward dating stories? Yeah, absolutely. When we started talking about this, one immediately came to mind. So I, I was I was dating a girl once and it was one of our first dates. And Bruce and I are both residing in Columbus, Ohio. And in OH. Yeah, I-O. If you're familiar with Columbus at all, we have a really good zoo here in Columbus. So um, shortly shortly after I was done with graduate school, I moved back to Columbus and I, and I was on a date. And one of like the first dates with this girl went to the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. And it was during the wintertime. So it was kind of cold out, um, maybe during like the zoo light season. Um, so as we pulled into the parking lot, um, she accidentally, she was driving. I'm not really sure why I didn't drive, but whatever. She was driving and ran over a giant orange cone, like, you know, that they had set up in the parking lot to like direct traffic. And it's, the cone was so large and I guess her car was so low to the ground. <laughs> she basically just drug this cone for probably 200 yards in the. Oh my gosh. So we got to the parking spot and you can hear it like grinding and scratching <laughs> underneath. So we got out and I was like, you know, being all chival- chivalrous that I am, I was like, oh, I'll get, I'll get that cone for you. But it was like so far under the car and like directly in the middle of the car that I had to like on my like flat on my back crawl under the car and because she had drug it for so long. Oh my gosh. Essentially melted to the underside of. <laughs> so I, I honestly was afraid that I, as I'm yanking it, I was going to yank off something from the bottom of the car. And I know absolutely nothing about cars. So I was just literally praying in that moment that like something didn't just snap off of the underside of her car. So that it was sort of an inauspicious beginning to the dates. Um, it worked out okay, I guess, for the rest of the dates. But that is something that I will literally never forget. Uh, what about you, Bruce? Any any funny stories? I mean, that that's pretty memorable, Randy. <laughs> it, it is. I'm never going to forget it, yeah. I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to dating. So freshman year in college, I, I had pretty limited dating experience, but there was a girl I was really, really interested in um, and just couldn't get up the nerve to talk to her. So throughout the entire freshman year, um, I try and like position myself where like, if, if I knew that some of her friends were going to be somewhere, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go. And, you know, she wouldn't show up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be leaving and see her walking in and just never could connect quite right. And so the end of the year rolls around. We're getting ready to go home for the summer. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tell her I like her. So I work up the courage, send her an IM because this is back in the day of AOL Instant Messenger. Um, like, hey, can I stop by? She's like, yeah, sure. Come on over. So I stopped over, um, tried to tell her that I liked her, tried to tell her that, you know, um, I was into her and uh, just there was no comprehension of what I was saying. 
And so I ended up leaving there just completely embarrassed and realizing like this was a crystallizing, <laughs> defining moment in my life that, oh my gosh, I need to learn to talk to women because I couldn't even tell her that I liked her. Um, but the good news to that story is 13 years later, I did tell her I liked her and I'm now married to her. Oh, so, nice, uh, nice. Well, see, now, yeah, now, that worked out I, for me. Now playing I the long bad. game. Well, I feel bad though, because I told a story about someone else messing up and you told a story like <laughs> a self-deprecating one. So I don't know. I can, I can tell a quick story about myself. So when I was in college, I mentioned this on our last episode. I, I, I tried quite a few times to impress girls by playing basketball. Um, at a oh, yeah. Day. And there was one time there was a girl that was uh, like shooting around by herself. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go up to her and see if she wants to like shoot around or if she wants to play or something like that. So like I'm trying to be like all cool and like I was, you know, a decent basketball player. And I'm like, hey, you want to play? And she's like, yeah, let's play one-on-one. And I, immediately I was like, oh, all right. Like, this is going to be embarrassing for you. <laughs> and it, it turns out after she beat me like 10 to 1 or 10 to 2, she was Australian. And it was like on the Australian national like under 18 team or something like that. So basically she was good enough to play for like her her home country's, you know, national <laughs> So that did not end up well for me. And afterwards I was like, you want to go like get a pizza or something like that? And she was like, nope, sure don't. And like walked away. I was like, yikes. So nice. luckily none of my friends were there to see that or else I don't think I would live it down, you know, 20 years later. But they can all hear about it now since all of your friends listen to this podcast. That, that is true. That is true. So if you're out there listening, friends, you, you'll, you'll, you'll probably remember the story because I believe I told you about it. We even tried to recruit her onto our intramural basketball team. We always played co-ed basketball. She wouldn't even play with us. She was probably like, nope, you guys are terrible. So she didn't even play with us. And if on the off chance that uh, young lady is listening, uh, you know, just want to throw it out there. You're welcome to be a guest on the podcast. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from yeah, you. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that story, though. We're only going to talk about The Office. So never tell that yes. story to be told. Of course. Yeah. So as Bruce of said course. today, we are talking about season one, episode six, um, which is called Hot Girl. Bruce, what was the sort of general theme of this episode? So Yeah. So the general theme is uh, Michael and Dwight are hanging out in Michael's office, as they always are. Uh, when Pam walks in, says, hey, we've got a vendor at the front desk. Michael says, oh, no, we don't want vendors because they're a distraction. Uh, he looks up and notices that the uh, vendor at the front desk is actually a very attractive young woman played by Amy Adams. Um, I don't know if she was famous at this time. I don't know. Probably yeah. was semi-famous. Right. If we, yeah. if we went back and look at the timeline, I'm not sure about that. I think as I've listened to some other office-related podcasts that they've been talking about this episode, I think... But from the time where they filmed the episode to, like, when it aired, she may have got, like, her big break. And by the time okay. she was, like, you know, not Amy Adams, but, you know, a right. award nominee Amy Adams or something along Right. So at any rate, Michael uh, invites her to stay. He invites her to have the conference room um, for the entire day. Uh, and he also says some inappropriate things. He calls her the <laughs> new and improved Pam 6.0. Uh, which was pretty funny. Uh, but he gives her the, the conference room for the day. Uh, he tries in vain to hit on her, which is very awkward. Um, all the other guys in the office take note that she's attractive and, and you know, make their pass. Uh, Dwight and Michael are by far the most entertaining of the passes that are made. Um, and, uh, you know, by the end of the, the day, um, Jim has been convinced <laughs> to, to make his pass at her, and, and he does, and asks her on a date, and... Uh, that's kind of the end of the episode. Um, Pam is a little off put by the fact that Jim is actually going to date somebody else. So, 
Yeah, so, so what we wanted to talk about today, you know, and if you've listened to this podcast before, typically what we do is we break down one scene and one scene only. Um, but if you've seen this episode, Hot Girl, it, it's basically one long take of everyone hitting on this person. So we were going to do things a little bit differently today and not, not focus on one scene, but instead just kind of focus on the whole episode. So we know that, you know, sometimes the, these episodes don't really lend themselves to just focusing on one scene, but we wanted to be more inclusive of everything. So we were going to break down just, you know, a few things that we saw during the episode as Bruce talked about. And, and we typically try and tie it to a specific NACE competency. Um, and we're not going to do that today just because, again, there are so many things going on in this episode and so many things wrong with this episode that it was hard to, to pick one competency to focus on. So um, we're generally going to just kind of focus on professionalism kind of broadly. And the, the, the first thing that I noticed right off the bat, too, and, and this isn't even really tied to anything professionalism related, but I haven't really worked in many offices that look like the office on the office but I, I don't even know that things like this happen. You know, like a vendor just comes in and wants to set up shop selling purses in the office. Like that first and foremost just seems not very professional to me because it's very distracting. And I just, I, I don't understand that that whole dynamic to me just was very strange to begin with. I don't know, Bruce, have you, has that ever happened in an office you're in? Uh, not with purses, um, but we we would have vendors occasionally stop in and then try and sell some stuff mm. or, or, you know, see if they could come back at a different time to sell stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's uh, unheard of, but I don't think it's necessarily common, at least in central Ohio where yeah. we both, yeah. both live and work. Uh, maybe on the coast you see it more, but um, gotcha. Common in Scranton, Pennsylvania, yeah. though apparently. Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So you know, one of the things that we you can think about, obviously, from this episode, right off the right off the bat, is that as soon as she comes into the office, um, and Katie was her name in the episode that the character that Amy Adams played. It's very distracting to everyone, both the males and the females in the office. One for the males, they, as we've said, they obviously are, are noticing that she's very attractive. So they are wanting to talk to her. They're wanting to interact with her. Um, probably not really buy a purse, but they definitely want to talk to her. For the females in the office, however, she has a whole table full of nice-looking purses. So right off the, the jump, we're seeing just a lack of productivity overall this day. And I mean, we've talked about this in some of the other episodes that – Sometimes we go through these episodes, we look at these scenes, and we don't see hardly any work being done in this actual office setting. And you definitely see that in this episode as well, where it doesn't seem like anybody is getting anything done during the day. It's true. It's true. And it's it's funny because, as I, I said in the kind of the introduction synopsis, uh, Michael says he doesn't want vendors because they're a distraction. Mm -hmm, and then right. the entire episode proves him right. Um, especially for himself. Oh, absolutely. What, what you see at one point, too, is that she uh, they, they get into a weird sort of conversation, Michael and, and Katie, about um, uh, coffee. They, they start talking about Starbucks, and Michael refers to it as, like, the Bucks or something weird that nobody calls Starbucks. I'm not a coffee drinker myself, so I don't know what people call Starbucks. And then I, at one point, he, um, he goes out and buys, like, an espresso machine and has it in his office, so... He has wasted so much time during this day trying to impress this girl um, who honestly really wants nothing to do with Michael. Right. She, she appreciates that he let him in and, and is giving her the space to, to sell her wares, but uh, she's very obviously uncomfortable 
um, around him as most people probably would be in real life. The other thing that's kind of going on is Jim is trying to convince Dwight to, to ask her out because Dwight obviously <laughs> right. thinks she's attractive. Um, he refers to her as his ideal woman because she has perfect teeth and uh, he even references her, her supple breasts because shrewd children are thirsty. But he's, he's into Katie and so Jim decides to try and help Dwight make that work. Um, he points out that they have a lot in common because they're both salespeople. Um, Dwight decides he should talk about the origins of his last name. Um, he goes in to talk to Katie, and it is about as entertaining as you would think. Um, and the, the other kind of fun part of that is Jim goes over, and he and Pam are, are watching Dwight try, try to talk to Katie, and they're they're making up their own dialogue for it. It's pretty funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, anyway. Michael finds out at one point during the episode that Katie's lost her ride home. Her ride had to bail on her, and Michael seizes the opportunity to offer her a ride home. He's not going to take no for an answer. She finally acquiesces and says, okay, okay, that sounds good. Um, but you can tell it doesn't sound good. She just doesn't know what other option she has. So um, she accepts his offer, and Michael jumps right into date mode. He thinks it's going to be end up, end up turning into a date. Um when he tells Dwight that he's taking her home, Dwight, you know, basically throws himself down and says, Michael, don't let this turn into a date. Let her, let me, let her date me. It's pretty funny. But uh, we get into some mismanagement of company resources because Michael uh, goes to the temp to Ryan and says, hey, how about working on a special project? And Ryan is up for it. He says, yeah, sure. And the special project is actually cleaning out Michael's car. So um, instead of uh, using... Uh, the temp Ryan to to do work that is is you know profitable um, in a business that is is struggling as we as we keep hearing there's there's potential cutbacks he's using the temp to uh, clean out his car and we we also find out in this moment a few things about Michael one he apparently loves McDonald's fillet of fish sandwiches it's true whatever Powerade flavor that he likes is just called blue which you know I, I guess I will refer to Powerade or Gatorade that way as well if, I, if I'm looking for something it's orange or red or blue but I find that funny and then he has some sort of off-brand Dracar Noir or something like that that he probably purchased at like a CVS or a Walgreens or something like that right and he refers to it as a an exact smell alike which I thought was pretty funny <laughs> right I also enjoyed it when Michael went to talk to Pam for dating advice um, and uh, basically uh, divulged that he still sleeps on a futon. Absolutely. Funny. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Pam, too, because we have a lot of, I, I guess, little interesting things with Pam going on in this episode. Bruce, you already talked about when when Katie first comes into the office that, that Michael refers to her as the new and improved Pam. So obviously her day's not getting off to a great start right, right there. Um, we see that during lunchtime, uh, Pam and Roy are having lunch together in the break room and Jim is there and Roy starts talking about how attractive uh, Katie is and, you know, Jim should totally get with that and that he would if, if he, you know, didn't have a girlfriend, but it's not his girlfriend, you know, he is engaged to Pam. So Pam's day is not going real well. Then we see her even later on um, talking to Katie and actually like, you know, talking about purses, you know, having just a nice conversation Michael comes in and is just a, a total jerk to her and basically, you know, says, didn't I see you eating lunch before? You know, are you on break again? And Pam has to leave and, you know, Michael, Michael makes some, again, not really appropriate comments to Katie about one of his employees. So, again, not being very professional. And speaking of professionalism, uh, you know, later towards the end of the episode, uh, before Jim decides to ask Katie out, 
Roy comes in and, and fails to apologize to Pam and just asks her if she's still mad at him for the earlier incident that Randy just referenced where he referred to Pam as his girlfriend instead of his fiance. Um, and they start, you know, getting a little physical, flirting, tickling, and then basically making out right there in front of Jim. And that's actually what pushes Jim over the edge to go ask Katie out. I think he kind of feels like the ship has sailed with Pam and it's not going to work. And so he needs to move on. So again, kind of awkward to be making out in a professional workspace. Yeah. So that would be uh, considered unprofessional. So, so here's, here's the question I have for you, Bruce. Do you think that Jim knew all along he was going to ask her out? I feel like he's certainly, it was a prank, yes, but he sabotaged Dwight's opportunity to be with Katie or to ask her out in any sort of, you know, normal way. He knew Michael wasn't going to cut it. Who who else was in the office? Kevin, Toby. No, I don't think anybody was going to connect with her. Do you think he had that in the back of his mind the whole time that he was going to ask her out? I don't think he did. I think he is so fixated on Pam that, uh, you know, and so hopeful that something might work out there that he didn't really want to ask her out. Um, and I think that he kind of did it as an act of trying to move on. So I, I don't think he he had any plans to ask her out until that moment when um, when Pam and Roy started making out in front of him. Mm. Um, I do think that he noticed that she was attractive and probably, you know, seemed to um, have a successful business. And um, so I'm sure he wasn't oblivious to that. But I do think I don't think he intended to ask her mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And, and the, the Katie character will appear in, you know, a, a small handful of other episodes in, in season two of The Office. So her and Jim do have, you know, a, a little bit of a, a lengthy relationship. Um, you know, at least for, you know, a few weeks, few months, whatever the case may be. I liked at the end of the episode, uh, as they're leaving, um, Jim and Katie are walking to the car together. <laughs> and Katie, you know, everybody's leaving the office together because that's that's normal. Um, and Katie kind of yells back to everybody, good night, it was nice to meet some of you. <laughs> right. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, I, I did, absolutely. And you can also catch, again, this is season one of The Office and there weren't a lot of exterior shots. The outside of The Office was completely different than any of the... I thought so. Like, it's like, where where are they at? It doesn't look like The Office at all. Um, but we do see that again at the end. And, and that's sort of the, the final blow to Michael too, right there at the end where... He's all excited that, you know, he's going to get to give Katie a ride home. And she basically says, oh, sorry, Jim asked, so I'm going to go with him instead. And to your point, this is still season one. So that, uh, just like the locations aren't necessarily nailed down. I also like right at the very end, there was some cutaways to some employees that we never see again. So right. <laughs> that's yeah, pretty fun. Absolutely. You, you got that every once in a while in that season mm -hmm. where they would like even pan around like sort of the bullpen area. Then there would just be like random people sitting there that never talked at all. Even even a character like Creed, who we get to know much, much, much better. I, I don't even know if he has any lines in season one. He's kind of there in the periphery every now and again. Maybe he says a couple of words here or there, but we don't know anything about him in season one. Even even Meredith, we really don't know much about her either. Well, the one thing that we didn't really talk about is that uh, espresso machine that Michael purchased. Mm -hmm. Um for $1,000, which uh, at the start of the episode, uh, we had just learned that corporate was introducing an incentive program where the top salesperson at each branch can win a, a prize up to $1,000. And Michael finds out that he can pick the prize. So that, that espresso machine he bought to impress Katie, uh, he actually used that incentive money to purchase 
Um, so definitely something that uh, you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And when he was on the phone with Jan, even talking about the prize, he tried to weasel his way into the prize and see if he was eligible for it, which he very quickly said, no, you're not eligible for that. So he he right. basically lied to his boss. And as you said, you know, did not have a good use of company funds there. Right. All right. Well, I think we've covered everything in this episode. This was a fun one to talk about. I like that we uh, deviated a little bit from the the normal structure of our podcast and just talked a little bit more broadly and in general about the episode. We'll probably look to do that a little bit more um, with some of the season two episodes. As Bruce said, you know, sometimes those competencies don't uh, necessarily align with each of the episodes in the office, but we really hope that you love what we do here with this podcast. So definitely tell your friends about it, share it, let them know about it. And uh, we will see you next time when we dive into season two of The Office on Lessons from The Office. Thank you.